0: Praise God. Luke chapter 2 this morning. If you've been here the past uh, couple of weeks, we've been looking at the nativity. Everybody's got, not everybody's got, but you know, you've got nativities all around town. You've got Mother and uh, Mary and Joseph and the baby and the wise men and the shepherds, all those guys out in the yard right down the road from me. Uh, there's a lady that has a pond and uh, she somehow has got the nativity floating on the water. It's kind of cool, but it's kind of strange. You drive by and you're like, okay. Okay, I almost, I, I go back, I took a picture of it. Because I thought that it was interesting. Jesus was walking on water before he even knew how to walk at all. And Jesus floating on the waters. Everybody's got these nativities, but we've been looking at the past couple of weeks, the words of the nativity. Really the past six weeks or I guess uh, eight weeks maybe, we've been looking at our words, the power of our words. Our words affect our lives. Our words affect other people's lives. Our words affect God even. We even talked about uh, just words of praise bring God into our dimension or into our atmosphere and that we can take his word back to him in our prayer life our words matter our words that we speak to our wives and to our kids and our spouses our families our employers uh, our words matter the bible says that the, the, the death and life are in the power of the tongue the bible actually says that we're snared by the words of our mouth and that just means everything's not the devil's fault can i get an amen so, the devil gets blamed for all kinds of stuff, but actually, the Bible says that you can be snared or you can be held captive by your own words, that you can hold yourself in certain situations and circumstances just by the words that we speak. So, our words matter and they count, and we've been looking at it. And I can't re preach everything, but just the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at the words involved in the nativity. I mean, y'all remember Mary? Come on, Mary. The Bible says that Gabriel came to Mary and said, Listen, You're going to give birth to God. And Mary says, uh, says, according to your word, be it unto me. If your word says it, then I believe I can have it. And I don't quite understand the mechanics of it. Don't know how it's going to work. I've never been with a man. But you're telling me that this is possible. And if your word says it, if the Bible says it, then I believe it's possible for me. And and then we looked at Zechariah. He had a different uh, his response was different. Gabriel came to him, same angel, came to him and said, listen, you're going to have a supernatural birth, you and your wife. Zachariah's not going to be that supernatural, Zachariah. But he says, your wife and you, y'all are going to have a supernatural child. His response is, I don't believe it. I don't think that's possible. I'm too old. My wife, look at her. She's really old. We're both old. It's too old. It's not possible. And Gabriel, he said, you'll be mute. You won't be able to talk for the next nine months. You won't be able to speech, speak because, of your words but then we also saw there was the other guy how many of y'all remember him his son keeps throwing himself in the fire his son keeps trying to kill himself or this spirit would come upon him he would throw himself into the fire he would throw himself into the water and, and it's horrible but this dad come on how many of y'all love godly dads come on dad got his son he says son he says this is my son and if you will have compassion on us I believe you can help him and Jesus said listen my power." unlimited but he says if you will only believe and then what did he say he said lord i believe and the bible says that jesus spoke to that boy he said come out of him he flopped around but then the bible says the spirit left him not to return so our words matter this morning i want to show you the words of the shepherds i want to give some props to the shepherds i want to give a shout out to the shepherds this morning have you ever any y'all did shout outs no i did 93 KQID, Mike. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Brittany from You Know Who. None of y'all did that. I did. And then you listen to the radio. You're just waiting to hear your shout out. wasn't really to you, but it was from you to her. And you, hey, tune in, tune in. KQ 93 QID, tune in. I did a shout out. Well, I want to. I want to talk about the shepherds this morning and their words, their response to this happening what's amazing about these shepherds to me is that god didn't send out any invitations to this birth if you've given birth and you're a woman not a man if you've given (laughs) birth in here you know that invitations have to go out how many of y'all know the first invitation you gotta send it to it's always mama right Got to send my mom one. Got to send my my aunts, my aunts, my grannies, my grandpas, my cousins. And you go down the list of people that you want to give this birth announcement to. It's a celebration. It's a party. We had a boy or it's a girl. And you do the pelican, the colored thing out in the yard, uh, you know, signifying what you had, and it's a big it's a big deal, and yet God here only allowed one group of individuals the pleasure of this announcement, and He didn't allow it to a king or a scribe or a Pharisee. He didn't pick somebody that was influential or that had all of the goods that the world would consider. He chose some shepherds, and He allowed them, He trusted them with the assignment of of being the first to know and the first to tell. These shepherds become the first evangelists in the Bible. The first ones to go out and tell people that born unto us is Christ our Savior was allotted to some shepherds. I want to talk about these shepherds just a little bit this morning. But where we pick up in the story, a Mary has already given birth. How many of y'all ever witnessed a birth? Some of y'all got kids. I didn't witness it. I participated. And it was horrible. Some of you have participated in birth. I watched a video yesterday, and I almost showed it in church this morning, but I didn't. Where uh, I think Rutgers University, or one of these big universities, took two men and hooked them up to machines. You saw that? And then they uh, contracted them the way that a woman has contractions. So the man standing there and he says, so basically you're going to electrocute me until the pain equals childbirth. And she's like, yes sir, I am. And you could tell she had great excitement in the fact of what she was about to do. So they strapped this guy down basically with tasers and they they tie these two dudes down and then their wives walk in and baby they're grinning from ear to ear. I mean these wives are like licking their chops like can I push the button? Can I push the button? And all of a sudden these these doctors cuz they want to they want to manage cuz you know all the women say it's you know I'm not even going to go into what women say that it, it's like but us men are usually like yeah whatever but uh, so they wanted to hook these boys up and show them what it was really like. So they hit them, they started them off with about like a level three, and these boys start going, hmm. Huh. And, and they're thinking that that's about it. But then they go from three to six to seven to eight until the point that these boys are just having conniptions all over the field. They're just like, make it stop, make it stop, make it stop. I mean, they're just giving these boys fits. And you know, the wives are just like, man, they're videoing like, oh, this is going on YouTube for <laughs> sure. And it has, and it, it's great. Maybe we'll show up for Mother's Day. But childbirth, if you've ever been a part of it, sometimes maybe we think that Jesus' childbirth was any less. But I believe it was even more uh, stressful and remarkable. You've got a girl who's never been with a man, and she's with a man that's never uh, seen her that way. And now he's having to help uh, be a midwife. There's no mother-in-law there. There's no mother there. It's just Joseph who's ignorant. And I can tell you, men are ignorant. When it comes to these things, I was in there with my with my wife, and she and she's like, you want to look, but you don't want to look. You're you're excited, but you're scared, and it's just like you don't know what to do. And one minute she's like uh, endearing, and the next minute she's just like wanting to bite you, and it's just like and, and he, you know you have to assume that Mary had to have gone through this. There had to be a point where she was get that camel out of here. Uh, there's always a point. In these childbirths, my wife tried to go uh, all natural, and I can say these things because she's not in here. She tried to do it without medicine, you know. Oh, she can hear me. We put a baby monitor, and she did great. Uh, but about six hours into this deal, you know, it's we're 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 at the threshold now to where <laughs> it's getting downright ugly in there as far as. She wants me to not say a word, don't say anything, hush, you know, because we're all, like, talking about hunting and fishing, me and her dad. So me and her dad, we're, like, talking about shooting geese or doing this or doing that. We're all conversating, laughing, and it's starting to hit her. And finally, she just, like, clears the room. i got to ship, got a ship all kinds of things. But then finally, the doctor comes, and he's like, listen, you ready to, uh, you ready to go with some medicine here? And uh, she said yes, and thank God for epidurals. How I many y'all know Mary did not have an epidural, never been with a man, didn't know just a teenage girl here going through this experience. And I, 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 I'm I under the assumption that that, that that God came into the world just like the rest of us did, that she didn't have it any easier. And There's lots of unknowns and in an unfamiliar environment with an unfamiliar man, basically, having this child. But so he comes and he comes, I'm sure he's just like a regular baby, goofy and don't know what to do. And they've got an umbilical cord uh, holding God connected to a Jewish girl. Can you imagine? I can't imagine Mary, whenever I look, at my kids, I was impressed, but she had to be really impressed to be holding God and knowing that she's feeding God and that she's supplying God with what he needs to survive. And for that baby to open its eyes and then to begin to nurse. And she is nursing the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The Bible says, I love that one translation in the voice, it says that, that he was the great liberator, that she's holding the supreme authority and he's drawing his life from her and what does all that mean Well, to me that just means god trusted her he gave her an assignment and he trusted her not with just a menial assignment but he trusted her to feed and to carry his son jesus left heaven and he came down and became an egg inside of her grew. And God trusted this girl enough with this assignment that she would take care of this kid, that she would feed this kid, that she would nurse this kid. He totally, absolutely had extreme trust in a teenage girl. on, y'all don't even want to trust your teenager to drive. No, it's like, I don't even want mine taking my car. And God says, I'll give you the supreme authority of the universe, and you're going to be the one that's going to birth him, umbilical cord supply him, nurse him, train him, and feed him. And there she sits holding this baby. This is where we're at in the story. Uh, I, I remember just my kids, and you know, they have little hands, how many of y'all remember little hands, and they grow too fast? Some of y'all got it? Man, come on. If you're a parent, you know what I'm saying. If you're a teenager, you don't have a clue. Uh, but whenever you got kids, you know, the kid, the, the little hands are like this big, and, oh, they're so cute, and they grow way too fast. But that, I remember holding Noble, you know, for the first time, and he grabbed that finger and just hold on to it and just tug on it, and you're just like, man, amazing. And I, I suspect that she very much had the same thing, except she's got this, this, this hand that created the universe had to be strange to be holding the one that created the galaxies. Uh, as I was studying, I just was reminded in Job chapter 38. If, you, if you've got your Bible, I want to just look at this. Because I'm bragging on Jesus before I get to the shepherds. Because I like to brag on Him because He's awesome. Job chapter 38. Verse number one, if you know anything about this chapter here, Job's going through some problems, got some adversities, and he doesn't, uh, he doesn't really trust a lot of things happening in this situation. And all of us can, can, uh, can sympathize with Job because there's times where we don't trust ourselves, we don't trust our own ability, and there's times that we don't trust God. And yet God trusts us. Come on, I want you to know that, you're, that the assignment that God has for each one of you, he trusts you to do it. He trusts you he's entrusted you to do certain things and he has absolute confidence in your ability and you may doubt your ability, you may even doubt your motives, you may sometimes doubt him and yet he totally trusts you come on, if he trusted her to take care of his only begotten son, how much more will God trust you so whatever your assignment is, I want you to know that God trusts you to make the right choices, the people that he's entrusted to you he trusts you with those people the resources and the talents that he's given you he trusts you with those resources and with those talents and here Job is kind of going through some problems and he starts to to run off at the mouth how many of y'all ever ran off at the mouth before he's kind of saying I doubt this and I doubt that and I don't see how this is going to work but then I like God sometimes God gets sassy you know Ah, come on, man. I, I just like I like God whenever He just sometimes He says, You want to pop off with the mouth, baby? Well, let's just pop off with the mouth, Mike. We'll just go we'll just get going. So here he says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. <laughs> he didn't come like out of a butterfly. He says, Let's just go ahead, let's go ahead and make a tornado here so that he so that's I got all of his attention. So God speaks to Job out of the whirlwind and he says who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Well, <laughs> your words are without knowledge. Come on, I trust you, Job. I, come on. And the verse two he says, uh, uh, verse three says, "Now prepare yourself like a man. <laughs> oh, I love him. He's just amazing. <laughs> prepare yourself like a man. I'm going to use this on, on my kids later. You better, you know, I'm about to give it to you. Prepare yourself like a man. He says, "I will question you, and you shall answer me." Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding who determined its measurements. Surely you know, or who stretched the line upon it? To what were its foundations fastened, and who laid its cornerstone? And when the morning star sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy or who shut up the seas with doors? When it burst forth and issued from the womb. When I made the clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band. When I fixed my limit for it and I set bars and doors. When I said, this far you may come, but no further. And here your proud waves must stop. Come on, it gets better and better, but I don't have time to get on it. There's one part he says, who tells the lightning when to strike? Come on, can you imagine? The lightning just, mass strike? you may strike. pa boom I mean, who else has that? Who who else compares to that? And yet she's holding that. She's holding the one that shut up the oceans in jars and in doors. She's holding. That little hand that's holding her hand is the one that sculpted the Himalayans and the Alps and the dinosaurs and everything else. And this is where we are in our story. Because now the shepherds arise come on i said all that just to know listen i believe 2014 whatever 2013 was it was but i believe 2013 uh, 2014 Come on, God's got some assignments for us, and He trusts us. Come on, He trusts us to fulfill them. He trusts me with this church, and trust me, whenever I tell you, there's times I'm like, "What are you doing? Pick somebody else. You're crazy." And yet, they just He says, "No, come on, come on." With with God, all things are possible. In your weakness, that's whenever I'm at my best. Come on, you you you're not. Your words are without knowledge. You don't understand, where were you whenever I measured out the earth and fastened its foundations? Come on, God trusts us to do what He wants us to do. Verse 8 in uh, Luke, the second chapter, it says, And now there were in the same country shepherds living out into the fields. Now, I want to tell you just to give you a little bit about shepherds right now before we get into this because I'm going to show you their response to the situation. But first, I want to just give you a little history on these shepherds. Now, these shepherds were not high-class citizens. Shepherds were, were not uh, seen in society very well. In fact, back then, it was the leopards were the lowest rung on the hierarchy of the Jewish people. And then right above the leopards are shepherds. So you've got the totem pole, totem pole, totem pole, totem pole, totem pole, way down at the bottom. You have shepherds right up under that. You have lepers. And, and, and the thing is, in the Old Testament, shepherds, they, they were a noble it, it was a, it was a good career. It was a, a David was a shepherd and you got Laban and Jacob all in the Old Testament there were these shepherds and it was an honorable thing. but whenever Israel united when, with Egypt, Egypt did not like shepherds. Egypt was agriculture people. they liked to farm they weren't they weren't like the hunters. If you remember Cain and Abel, their dispute one was a farmer and one was a hunter. Whenever the Egyptians emerged or became one with the Israelites the Egyptians looked down on and demeaned and made shepherds lower class people. Even once they separated, then the Jewish people kept that uh, that thought about shepherds. What's that mean? Well, that just means sometimes you got to watch out to me personally who I hang out with because sometimes some people can kind of water you down. In other words, the Jewish people didn't stop being Jewish. They just stopped liking certain things. And sometimes in church, certain things can come into the church that kind of waters things down. And here you got what was once a noble, great calling. Now it's become not so awesome. I want to read this to you. It says, By the time of Christ's birth, shepherding had lost its wide Spread appeal. It had forfeited all social acceptability. Lepers and then shepherds. The Mishnah or the Judaism written record of the oral law referred to shepherds in belittling terms. One passage describes them as incompetent. If you're a shepherd, you're incompetent. Another says that no one should feel obligated to rescue a shepherd who had fallen into a pit. Isn't that horrible? Shep, uh, uh, he fell? Yeah, he broke his leg? He's just a shepherd. Just leave him. Jeremiah documents that the fact that shepherds were deprived of all civil rights. They could not fulfill judicial offices and they could not be admitted in court as a witness. The religious leaders had maligned the shepherd's good name. Rabbis banned pasturing sheep and goat in Israel. They were made to live outside of the city. To buy wool, milk, or a sheep from a shepherd was forbidden on the assumption that it was stolen property. Shepherds were officially labeled sinners, a technical term for a class of despised people. Didn't God have a sense of humor? The only person he invites to the birth announcement is a group of sinners. And it says, into this social context of religious snobbery and class prejudice, God brings forth his son. How surprising and significant that the father God handpicked lowly, unpretentious shepherds to first hear the joyous news. It is a boy. He's the Messiah. Even from birth, Christ moved among the lowly. It was the sinners, not the self-righteous. It was a handful of shepherds marginalized by social and religious elite that were chosen to break the silence of centuries heralding Messiah's birth. Now, I wanted to read that to you before we read this about shepherds because we always see the shepherds at the nativity in somebody's front yard. Don't they look nice? They look kind and they've got their shepherd staff and they've got some little white sheep there and they've got their white pressed robe and they look really nice. But apparently back then the people that God chose to be the first ones to proclaim the Son of God was not the way that we think them to be. What's that mean? Come on, God trust a little young Jewish girl to birth the messenger, the birth, the person that is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. But he also chose a bunch of shepherds to be the ones to go out and to speak and to say some things. Let's see what their response was. And we'll go back to verse 8. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields. They were keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. But then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. Everybody say all people. Even you shepherds. This is good news for all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. Who is Christ the Lord? And this will be a sign to you that you will find a babe wrapped in swathing clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. What's happening here? Well, you got one angel that's standing there, but all of a sudden the heaven opens just a little bit wider and it shows a heavenly hope. How many of you wish you were a shepherd now? Come on, I'll take the tag. Just let me be there on that day for that event. I don't care what anybody else calls me. They didn't call me a sinner or a vagabond or a thief, whatever. Let me be there. Because all of a sudden, these shepherds are allowed the opportunity to see beyond the natural into the supernatural. And a host, how many is a host? I don't, I believe every angel from heaven left heaven for this event. I don't think any of them stayed home. Don't you know that, no, no, I'm sure that, hey, you want to go, hey, you know, God's going to become a baby. He's going to come out of a woman's womb. It's going to be awesome. You want to go? No, I ain't going. No, I'm telling you, all of them were there. These shepherds saw them. Oh, none of them stayed home to watch The Voice or anything else on the heavenly program. I'm telling you, every one of them, were there for this, and then they all begin to sing, "Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace, goodwill towards men." So it was when the angels had gone away from heaven that the shepherds said to one another, "One another, let us now go." This is the first time we see them speak, and their response is, "Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass." Not what might have come to pass. Let's go see if this is the truth. No, they said, listen, I believe it's absolutely the way that they said it's going to be. Let's go see this thing which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. The first thing I want you to notice here is they said, I've heard the good news that a Savior has been born and let us go now. Come on, all of us are on a journey. I mean, I know, everybody in here is on a journey, but the two most important journeys that you'll ever make on this planet, the first one is whenever you hear the good news, whenever you hear about him that you purpose in your heart, I got to get to him. Nothing else, nothing else matters. I don't have, I don't have nothing, uh, no work, no assignment, uh, no bills. Nothing else is important at this moment. I've heard that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords has been sent to me. And, and most of us, I'm sure, if you've ever been saved or been born again, you heard the good news. How many of y'all heard the good news? And the moment you hear that good news, something on the outside, inside of you says, I've got to get to him. I've got to make this journey. And some journeys look different ways. Some people, maybe, you know, you may get born again or saved just with one person or maybe at a camp or maybe at a church. You stood up. You made your way down to the front. I got saved uh, every Sunday. Every Sunday, I got born again. Because I come on, you with me? Yeah, it's like, man, me too. I'm, I'm getting saved today, it's gonna be awesome. Every Sunday, I got saved. In fact, I think I got saved every night. Every night, how I many of y'all with me? Whenever you're a kid, you're like 15, you're like, oh, say my prayers right now. God, I did a bunch of stuff I wasn't supposed to do, and I want to die in my sleep and go to hell. So I just ask you right now, come into my heart again. Wash me of all my sins. That way, in the event I were to die in my sleep, I will be welcomed into heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. And go to bed. And then the next night, it's like, I did that to my sister. I made her a salt cake. I shouldn't have done that. Lord, I don't want to, I don't want to die and go to hell. Lord, I let all the air out of tires. In Jesus' name, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for doing that. I shouldn't have done that. I want to be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, every night, listen, this is, but, but the initial journey, the one that we all all make is we hear of him and these shepherds they heard him they said there's been a savior born into us but the one that i want to challenge you with is actually the next words because we've all most of us i'm assuming have made that choice and that journey all of us have said i've heard and now i've got to go but verse 17 says but when they had seen him how I many i've seen him come on taste and see that the lord is good come on each one of us have seen him but after they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them, last, last three words there, by the shepherds. In other words, these people marveled at the words of some regular sinners. Regular, uneducated people. God chose some very low down the social scale people. I believe the only reason he didn't choose leopards is because these guys were out in the field and leopards probably, they don't walk very fast. You ever seen a leopard? (laughs) They got feet problems. So God chose shepherds so that they could, uh, they could leave this situation. But the Bible says that their next words, the next thing that they said, they said, I've seen him, I've experienced him, I've been with him, and he's awesome. And then they went out and made widely known. They opened up their mouth and they said, there, there's this one that was born in the city of David, and, and you, have to, you have to come to him. The second most important journey each one of us ever make is bringing others to him. The most important journey you ever make is you hearing about Jesus and then attaching yourself to him. Saying, I got to go. I got to go worship him. I have to go find him. But then that the next journey is they didn't stop there. They weren't satisfied just with their own experience. They went widely. What's widely mean? Just everywhere they went, they told the story. And they, they didn't know a bunch of scriptures. They weren't educated. They had never been to any type of seminary. These were, these again, these are not the, the, the most educated people. They were forbidden to even participate in most of the customs. In fact, if you keep studying, the Bible says that they were considered unclean. If you're a Jewish person, you have to wash after you do certain things. And if you don't wash, then they consider you unclean. If they consider you unclean, you're not allowed to go to the temple and worship. You're actually forbidden. So these people were supposed they're living unclean lives and let these are the people that God entrusted with this assignment and each one of us have a a similar assignment and sometimes we don't trust ourselves we think I'm not qualified I can't do this listen I'm trying to encourage you if God trusts Mary to take care of Jesus and if he trusts a bunch of shepherds to make Jesus known Each one of us have have something that God has for us to do. And I don't care what your past is. I don't care where you've been or what you've done. Come on, you can make him known. And, And I'm believing in 2014 that we'll just do it. Come on, we talk about doing it. We think about doing it. But then we talk ourselves out of it. But come on, I just want the words of Job. I want God to just rise up in your heart and say, where were you whenever I fashioned the earth and hooked its foundations? Come on, if I'm in you, if I'm for you, then then you can absolutely do it, whether it's a job or a business, whatever it is. Come on, God's not against you. He's for you. Come on, you can. Everybody say, I can. I I will. I shall. I shall. I'm a shepherd. God's good. He'll use you, take you further than you ever thought possible this morning. Let's pray together. Thank you, Father God, for how, uh, how wonderful. Oh, you're so good that, you, that, that we weren't there when you fashioned the heavens and the universe. But thank you, Lord, that you did it, that we believe in you, that we trust you, that we honor you today. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you clothe yourself in humanity, that you made yourself of no reputation. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that you became the least among us. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you left it all and that you came as a baby and this morning we respond as the shepherds responded that even though we may not feel qualified or we may not feel like we have all the goods even if people in our own family or society says that they doubt us i thank you that the only person that you invited the only people that you had show up for this event was these individuals and we respond the way they respond we've heard the good news so we go to worship you, but also we purpose in our heart to tell others, to tell the story, to tell our story, to attach ourselves to you and then to attach others to you, to bring them to the cross, to bring them to you.